I want to welcome you to worship this morning. I'm glad that you're with us. Uh, I'm Pastor Jeff Dadisman, and this is St. John's Young Methodist Church here in Davenport, Iowa. Uh, we are in the season of Lent, and we're in the uh, sermon series called Not a Fan, looking at uh, discipleship and commitment and uh, dedication to Christ. And one of the options that I want to highlight for you today is that uh, on noon of every Wednesday, if you would like to come, uh, we have a, a reflective kind of Lenten concert series for 30 minutes, um, and you do have the option of being here with us in the church. It's also being live streamed, and uh, last week's is available on our website on YouTube if you want to see that, if you missed it. Uh, but Mitzi has uh, scheduled a, a number of musicians to join her in some of these Wednesdays coming up, and, and just want to add that to the possibilities for you this month. Will you uh, turn your hearts to God now and, and let's begin our worship together. Please join us for call to worship. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. All who come to me shall not hunger and those who believe in me shall never thirst. For a deeper drink of your living water, move us from just a fan to a follower of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch that does not bear fruit will be cut away. We come wishing for a closer walk with our Savior Jesus. Move us from just a fan to a follower of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The way to come to, come to the Heavenly Father is through me. We have heard the invitation to a relationship of trust. Move us from just a fan to a follower of Jesus. The Jesus of history challenges us today. Take up your cross and follow him. Are you willing to deny yourself and be a follower? We have heard the invitation to intimacy with God. Move us from just a fan to a follower of Jesus. Today's scripture is from the book of Luke, chapter 9, verses 57 to 62. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, 
First let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for this service in the kingdom of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to to God. God. The song we just sang, um, Sanctuary, is an invitation, and and we're talking about the invitation of Christ today and and, and that personal step where we say, God, I'd like to be your sanctuary, that those of us that are here in the, the church building, we're in the area that is called the sanctuary, where the, the presence of God is experienced and the presence of God can be made real. And on a personal level, uh, the song that you just sang is saying, God, I'd like to be your sanctuary, that your heart can be a sanctuary. So that's where we're going to go today. But first, we're going to talk about excuses. And, and Josh just read a, a section of the Gospels that uh, Jesus even encountered some excuses. And, and yet Jesus said, anyone who wants to can come to me. Sometimes when, when you see a commercial, um, anyone can get one of these, anyone can have this, there's some fine print. For example, uh, there's a, a pretty popular TV commercial and, and maybe you've seen this ad. It says, um, buy some of this. It'll help you with your struggle in life and make you happier than you deserve. And, and it shows this middle-aged woman pulling weeds in her garden paradise. And she's smiling. And at the end of that spot, there's this low-volume fast talk that goes something like this. Use of this product does have some of the following risks, and they might include, but not limited to, all of these, sickness, vomiting, suicidal thoughts, Thoughts of cancer, cancer of the mouth, nose, feet, tongue, and or liver, pain in the thyroid, cranks, muscle spasm, dizziness, thinking you're a pretty butterfly, or death. Call your doctor if any of these symptoms last more than four hours. Sign me up, right? Or there's the car commercial. It shows this gorgeous red car rolling along a winding coastal highway. Um, but it suggests that uh, one of these vehicles could be yours for only three forty-nine a month. And on the radio, the, the fast talk gets really fast, and it goes something like this. It, it has a 27-month lease, $3,000 down, $7.99 dealer fees for dealer-installed options, blood tests, firstborn required, with credit approval only on selected models, only on in-stock models. Really, we only have one model that fits this price, Offer does not include shipping from overseas and may be canceled at any time without notice. Sign me up, right? You, you know, we like it's kind of entertaining if you could really slow down all that fast talk and catch it. Um, the details are in you know, a really important part of that deal. So when it comes to a promise made, a promise that we get from Jesus, are, are there some details that we need to watch out for? Because it seems like all the the deals coming at us have some fine print. The fast talk talk and the fine print often discount 
the value of the deal that caught our attention in the first place. And that's what I love about Jesus. He does not add all that low-volume fast talk. He was a straight shooter. He meant what he said, and he said what he meant. And we have this example in, in a, another gospel. In the gospel of Matthew, Jesus said, if anyone would follow me, let them deny themselves, come after me, and take up their cross. And if you read that in uh, any version of Scripture, you notice there, there's not an asterisk that sends you to the bottom that says, oh, but this doesn't include you. He said it straight up. He invited us to be in relationship with God. Jesus said, or he could have said, would you be my sanctuary? I mean, that's the song that we sang. And often we sing that, and, and I don't know, my brain goes to the room, the place, and yet it's, it's a prayer on our part saying, God, I'd like you to come live in me. That's the deal. That's the open invitation that we have today. So there's one word here I want to highlight, and, and that is, if you, if you take anything away from this moment, it's, it's that Jesus said, anyone who will can come. Anyone. And, and we notice then there aren't exclusions. He didn't say anyone can follow except those who have a record, who are divorced, have sexual scars. Jesus didn't say that. His invitation didn't say anyone can come except those with broken lives, addicted habits, deep hurts. Jesus doesn't say that. His invitation doesn't even include hypocrites, the hard-hearted, the hard-headed, the legalists, the liars, the cheats. They are invited as well. Anyone literally means anyone. Jesus included, he invited the, the angry the bitter, the depressed, the anxiety-filled. You don't have to get your act together before you can come, before you can respond. Jesus employs no fine print, no small print, no exclusions. Right now, Jesus is inviting you. And you may have taken a first step, and maybe you've stalled out, or maybe you've kind of put your relationship on pause just because of all the technology and the limitations of the last while, and God is coming to us today to say, let's renew, let's plug in again. Sometimes we exclude ourselves, though. We, we say, my stain is too big, my stumble was too obvious. We lay awake at night dreading, I, I can't believe what I just did. And yet Jesus says, anyone can follow, anyone can come. And Anyone can, but not everyone does. Last week we talked about um, not settling for being a spectator. And today we're going to just be challenged a little bit about sometimes we, the next step is sometimes we hesitate. We, we hear the invitation and, and yet we, we hesitate. So what is the next step of faith for you? It's not always the first step. And so the first step, as important as that is, isn't the only step. What's the next step of faith for you? And to take a step of faith doesn't necessarily limit our options. It's not a punishment. It's not a dread. If I can remind you of one thing Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, 
He said, I, I came that you might have life in all its fullness. I came that you might have life in overwhelming joy. Life with abundance, that's a part of the package. It's not just take your medicine. It's better than that. So one thing about being a follower, I'd like you to know that, that it's a daily decision. It's a daily step. It's taking a step of faith every day. Even after you take that first step, even after you say, Jesus, I, I want to be your sanctuary. Jesus, I want to be in Christ. The next day, it's are you going to take a step of faith? Are you going to take a step of obedience? Are you going to take a step of trust? Those are often the next steps for us. It's an ongoing commitment. Just a little history on this uh, invitation. As Jesus encountered the, the twelve, uh, those men that, that were just going about their normal lives, and he caught them one by one and said, follow me. There was something stunning and, and different about how Jesus was doing that. Jewish rabbis often had students, and, and the Hebrew word for a student is Talmud. Say that with me, Talmud, Talmud, Talmud. I, I'm not going to use that, but that's the Hebrew word for disciple, follower, learner, I mean, that's the context of what I'm inviting you to consider. Being a follower of Christ, being a, a learner, a student, Jesus picked uh, those, those first 12 followers, and, and there was a tradition going on around him that uh, learned rabbis, well-respected rabbis, chose select students because the, the performance of the student would affect his reputation. And to get invited to, to be a follower was equal to maybe today getting a letter of acceptance to Harvard. It was something many aspired to but few received. If you were chosen or, or if you were in the running, you know, you're around one of these famous rabbis, they could call on you at any time, they could quiz you at any moment, and, and they could put you on the spot and kind of test where you are and and they often would draw from the first five books of the Old Testament. Their scripture was the Old Testament and the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That was the, the point where you could be quizzed. And, and so a potential follower, a potential disciple might end up on the spot if, if their rabbi of choice uh, said, um, give me um, Leviticus chapter 11. And like everybody goes, oh, I don't have that. Um, they might go Deuteronomy chapter 5. And, and you, you just had to say something. And then you'd be kind of graded. And, and so the, the rabbis are looking for those who have the highest ACT scores, the highest SAT scores. And, and they wanted to make sure that in the future the performance of these students wouldn't show poorly on their reputation. And that was kind of the understanding at that time. So word goes out that there's this new rabbi, this radical person in Jesus, and, and he's inviting anyone, say it with me, anyone. He's inviting anyone to be his follower. I mean, he's got these first four guys or these rough fishermen, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. They were all fishermen. You don't go to school to, to be a fisherman. You sit in a boat, and you learn to catch fish. 
and then you'd do it all night. And Jesus picked them, and then he picks Judas. Judas was, was really into politics. And then he goes and he catches this tax collector, Matthew, and says, follow me. And people are looking. Luke, the author of the gospel, was a doctor. None of them really fit the model of you need somebody who's academically sharp and, and knows the Old Testament, knows their scriptures. They didn't fit. And so everybody's wondering, this is really odd. What does this say about Jesus? Philip, when Jesus called him in, in the first chapter of John, it says he found Philip and he simply said to him, follow me, Philip. And he did. And so the reputation of Jesus is that he's picking just about anyone, and maybe we can extrapolate that down to today and, and say he's inviting us, no matter what our station, no matter what our qualifications. Jesus included the, the last, the lost, and the least. He was talking to the first and the foremost, the finest, and everybody else in between. He didn't care what people had done or what they had left undone, if they were from the White House or an outhouse. It didn't matter if they were pure or impure. Jesus is, is looking down through history still, and his invitation extends to you, to me, to you. And it simply says, will you follow me? I love you. That would be what Jesus would say as he calls. So being a follower of Jesus is something that invites us to take a step of faith every day. Being a follower of Jesus also means we finally stop making excuses. And the list of people in the Old Testament, there were lots of people that got called by God and, and they offered a kind of a dodge. There would be an excuse. Moses, I need you. And Moses is like, I have this, this stuttering problem. He also, he'd also killed somebody. He was a murderer. Moses had a, a past. You got Abraham... Abraham, in a pinch with the king, lied, said, oh, Sarah's my sister, not my wife. Sarah, when God's promise was delivered, she laughed. I mean, everybody kind of had these stumbles. David, the prime of his uh, royal palace, he has an affair. Solomon, probably too rich to be a follower. Peter was scared to death at one point. Lazarus was dead at one point. And so you have all these people that have real-life excuses. There will always be excuses that we can offer. I was offended. I, you know, met a hypocrite. You know, we have lots of excuses. And Jesus ran into excuses too. The Scripture for this morning, somebody was uh, reflecting as they looked at the big crowd, the thousands gathered. Uh, a lot of them are turning away. Some of them are disconnecting. Some of them are disappointed, and, and somebody walks up to Jesus and says, I'm, I'll follow you wherever you want to go. And Jesus says, you know, fox have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to sleep tonight. He says, it's not going to be easy, but follow me. And he said to another person, come and follow me, and, and that person agreed. He said, but first, when he said, um, I may have to go home and bury my father, we may have to give up some of our comforts. But the reality there was his father, it's not that his father was dead, but there was this sense of um, when your, your parent was aging and close to the end, you had to be there to get your inheritance. And so maybe we have to give up some of our treasure to follow Jesus. 
And the rule was that you had to mourn for 30 days, not because you really missed your dad. And so this person, the dad's not even dead yet, but he's saying, I'll follow you, Jesus, but first I, I need to go back and, and, and you've got to serve out that 30 days of mourning to finally get the estate. He's just thinking ahead. Um, sometimes we may have to go against our family. Often there's expectations and, and people want to direct, they want to control, and, and Jesus is saying, do I have first call in your life? Or is it complicated? And often it is complicated. How do we figure out what God wants us to do? And if Jesus says, go here, and our parents might say, you can't do that, that's crazy. Jesus says, serve here, and the parents are like, but you're supposed to be you know, somebody who's making money, not asking for money. That's one of the, the hardest questions I get from a parent. Say, my son or daughter has decided to do something ministry-related, and, and often then you have to ask people, will you support me? Will you pray for me? And, and when I hit that point, uh, I know my parents said, you know, can we just pay for you so you don't have to ask our friends? Or at least that's what it seemed like. You know, I give a shout-out to my mom here. I know you're with me. This is my version. This is what I think was happening. But I, I, I know my parents could, and, and they spared me having to go around to everybody else and saying, would you give me $50? Would you? But I also didn't get to say, will you pray for me, and can I show you and tell you my story when I get back? I didn't have those connections. And, and so there's a reason why um, young people are asked to you know, ask for support you want people to be invested in your mission. Sometimes it, it, it gets all tangled up. Uh, we're, we're embarrassed as adults when our, our kids want to go to another country where, where it's going to be hard. It, it's maybe dangerous. It's on the list of don't travel there. And yet Jesus has people there that he's died for and that he loves. Does Jesus get first call or, or do we say, but first I got to check it out with my family and what if they say no? That's a really hard one. Uh, being a follower of Jesus means continually saying yes. And so here's the open invitation. That often it comes to us like making a Facebook event. That if you create a party on Facebook and, and you give all your invitations out, it automatically sends it to all your friends, and then it gives you three choices. Do you want to join? Or do you say, ah, oh, man, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, five months from now. So you could say maybe, which means I like you, I'm your friend, yes, I'll think about it. Or you could just say decline, um, I know I can't, I'm, I'm going to be working during that time. Sometimes we, we hear God whispering, and maybe you've heard God whispering to you. Maybe you're ready to, to hit like join would be uh, yes. I feel challenged to take the next step today. Wherever God says to trust, to step, to go. Some of you maybe are ready to click the maybe. You're, you're okay up to this point, but you're still kind of checking it out. I'm not sure. Maybe there's been a hurt, or maybe there's been a stumble or a disappointment. And, and I want you to know that God is patient. And whenever you're ready to move the maybe from, to the join, you can. Some of us have hit the maybe button, though, year after year after year. And we just keep Jesus at arm's length. And this whole series here during Lent is designed to invite you to come a little closer, to walk a little closer, 
to listen a little closer to what God is saying to you. And maybe you've been putting this off every week for a long time, and you've offered your excuses, and you have more, but Jesus invites you to dive a little deeper in and to move from maybe to yes. Some of you are probably going to push the decline button. Uh, You've maybe gone as far as you're comfortable going, or maybe you're not comfortable being in Christ and following Christ, and, and you say, you know, the circumstances of my life are just too tough, and, and I've been burned in the past. And what about all those hypocrites that are here? And I said, yes. You know, remember Jesus said, anyone? You know, hypocrites can come too. And, and I would confess, I don't always do what I say I'm going to do. I don't always read the moment right. And sometimes I disappoint people too. But there are people just like that outside the church. It's not unique to us. It's because we let them in. And they're still here. Anyone can come, and that's part of the risk. There may be someone who comes that you don't like, and yet if you step into Christ, you're connected to one another for eternity. And so Jesus invites, Jesus hears the excuses, we offer the excuses, but the invitation is there. Will you be a hesitator, or will you say yes? Let's pray together. Jesus, you... You whisper to us, you come to us, you challenge us to take the next step. And maybe it's a step of trust. I'm not sure what the future holds. I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. I'm not sure how this is going to go. And and Jesus is nudging, trust in me. You may be young and, and you may feel like, oh, I'm not old enough. And that's an excuse that sometimes we hear. I'm not old enough to commit to Christ and yet... I want you to know that that Jesus loved children. Jesus spent time with kids of all ages. And so the invitation includes even you. And maybe Jesus is inviting you to to take a step of action, service, uh, of doing something that you haven't done before. And I would hope you have a moment here to hear what that might be. The Holy Spirit is able to speak into our thoughts and nudge us in these moments that that we've kind of set aside for worship. And so I pray as we close today that uh, God would continue to stir and continue to to speak to you. Amen. As we close this morning, we are in this series of, of thinking about our commitment to Christ, thinking about our relationship of faith. And faith is just that. It's a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. If you said yes to Jesus in some way today, tell somebody this week. Sometimes we we keep it too close and it just kind of evaporates. And and as you share it with somebody that you trust, uh, it doesn't have to be me, but just speak it to somebody and say, I think God's calling me to do this. That makes it a little more real and and that maybe would encourage you to to keep moving in that direction. Uh, I just ask you to go with God and don't settle for being a hesitator or a spectator That's where we're beginning, and I'd say have a good week, and I hope to see you again.